believe it's podcast number 20. I cannot believe this right now. It's blowing my mind. Anyways, I wanted to talk today about not getting enough sleep, what it will cause, and especially because I have been struggling a lot with sleep right now. And as I've continued to struggle with this for a couple years, it has really helped me recognize how common it is, not only for everyone and our stress and all of our experiences that we're having right now, but very, very common with ADHD. And as I looked it up, it made me feel very comforted to know that I'm not the only person in this boat. And I was hoping that maybe we could give you some solutions and we could team up and try to get sleeping all together. Well, separately, but (laughs) you know what I mean? So sleep, it's probably one of my personal biggest issues When I go to sleep early, I wake up at like two to three in the morning and I'll be up for one to two hours. And when I go to sleep late, you know, I'm still tired and not sleeping very well. And I can't seem to fall asleep unless I have something external to my brain to help me fall asleep. Even when I try to think of relaxing things in my mind, this is not something that has allowed me to actually relax into a sleeping pattern. I have to turn on a movie or something to tire my brain a little bit. And I am super curious also to hear what things you have learned that have helped you so that we can all learn together and get better. So like I mentioned already, turns out this is a super common ADHD experience and it comes from an overactive mind, which is racing thoughts. And I don't know about you, but this is for sure my biggest one where I lay in bed and immediately all my greatest thoughts happen. And something that I have found in the past is when I don't meditate during the day and I don't write down my to-dos and I don't allow enough pauses throughout my day, this is something that will cause to even more overactive mind and more racing thoughts. So if I come home from work and I stay super busy and then I just go to distracting myself with the TV or with my phone or social media or whatever. And I don't allow myself to just like sit and reflect and just kind of download all my thoughts. Guess when my brain is going to make sure that it's going to download all my thoughts. It's as soon as I try to close my eyes. I'm going to be very overstimulated and it's not going to allow me to sleep. So when I wake up in the morning, when I This is reminding me of this, by the way. This isn't something that I've done for a couple of years, but it's going to remind me that in the morning, I'm going to sit there, I'm going to meditate, and I'm going to write down all of the to-do list items that pop up in my brain. So I like to sit there in meditation and know that my monkey mind is going to come up with things, and it actually very much serves me in that way. And I make sure I have a notepad in that experience. That is going to allow me to know that when I put my head down on that pillow, that all of my to-do list items are not going to pop up. However, it is also helpful, and this is something we'll talk about again, it's helpful sometimes to have a notebook by the side of your bed so that you're not trying to hold on to those thoughts and be like, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, where it's then stressful environment. If you have something next to your bed that's not a bright light that you can write down what it is that's coming up for you, this can be another thing that really helps you fall back asleep. Another issue we have is executive function. And so this is that planning and having a consistent routine. 
So that looks like not having a bedtime routine that we do every single night. It's not having a specific time that we go to bed. It's being excited and rushing around and doing all these things and being motivated and never allowing ourselves to create that time to slow down. And coming back to planning again, it's when we don't set up that time, when we don't plan our days, it's really easy for us to, at the end, then feel like we maybe didn't get enough accomplished. We have crappy thoughts about our day. We have crappy thoughts about what we've accomplished and done, and we don't have our own backs. And this is going to cause strain on us and spike our anxiety because of our lack of planning. But when we plan, even when we have these thoughts that we didn't do enough or whatever our thought is about our day, we can go back and we can reflect on this piece of paper and be like, oh yeah, I got all of these things done, which is going to help us think positive thoughts, lower our anxiety. Maybe it'll lower our our depression because we can see the impact that we've created through this external thing that we've written things down. So that's another reason why planning is so helpful. And if you have questions on planning, that is something that we just talked about in a very recent podcast, which I am not 100% sure exactly which one it is. So go back and listen to the last three podcasts and we'll talk a lot about planning. Another thing is we are on stimulants, a lot of us, or if we're not on stimulants, we oftentimes use coffee as a stimulant. And this obviously has a side effect. They stay in our body. A lot of the stimulants that we use, if we are on medication specifically, they're timed out. So they push out throughout the day and then we can have stimulants much later in the day. If we are having coffee, we want to make sure that we are definitely not drinking it any later than four. My latest that I allow myself to have coffee is no later than noon. So if this is something that you're getting in a habit of trying to stay stimulated, trying to stay focused later in the day, try to taper how much caffeine, how much stimulants, how much sugar you're eating later in the day. Another thing is a lot of ADHDers are prone to sleep apnea. Anxiety and depression is also a common thing that ADHDers experience, and this also contributes to insomnia. So insomnia triggers anxiety and depression, and anxiety and depression triggers insomnia. Hey friends, welcome to ADHD Boss Podcast. I'm Ellen Argo, and my mission is to help you make more money with self-trust and more fun this year in your business with your ADHD brain. So if you're looking for ways to empower your brain, scale your business, and have more fun, please subscribe to this podcast and book your complimentary life coaching session with me. Not getting enough sleep is one of the most important aspects to leading a healthy life. Potential consequences of sleep deprivation are trouble staying focused and alert, it's irritability, and it creates more stress and anxiety. It's impaired decision-making and concentration. It affects your memory and ability to learn new things. It increases clumsiness and accidents. It weakens your immune system. And it's also linked to obesity, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. And I think a lot of this has to do with obesity is connected to when I sleep a lot, I'm really hardly hungry at all. And when I'm tired, I am super crazy, ravenously, insatiably hungry. But 
I want to digress a little bit and point out, do you hear how similar that these sound to the inattentive ADHD? Difficulty sustaining attention on tasks or activities. Easily distracted by external stimulus. Trouble organizing tasks and activities. Forgetfulness and losing things. Avoiding tasks that require sustained mental effort. If you feel like your ADHD is out of control, let's look at your sleep hygiene and patterns. In general, getting enough sleep is crucial for your health and well-being. Adults should aim for 7-9 to hours of sleep per night, while children and teenagers may need more. I can't seem to get any more than 7 hours, and 7 hours seems to be perfect for my body. When I was trying to force myself and believing that I needed to get 8 because everyone was telling me to get 8, I was just frustrated and believing like I was more fatigued than I should be. And this also reminds me of how important it is to have really good thought creation around your brain and your sleep patterns and hygiene. So figure out how many hours do you really need of sleep and try to aim for that and figure out how you can support yourself in that. It's really important to establish a regular sleep routine. It can be a little tricky, but making sure that you're going to bed and waking up at the same time, even on the weekends, is going to help you establish a really solid internal clock. It's going to help you with that sleep routine. It's probably going to help me not wake up at two to three in the morning when I actually establish that consistent weekend and weekday routine. And it's going to improve your quality of sleep. When you have a really solid internal clock, this is going to allow our bodies to go into REM and deep sleep and really truly recover our bodies. Another important thing is setting and creating a relaxing bedtime routine. This can look like a warm bath. This can be reading a book. This can also be listening to relaxing music. When we have these things that slow down our nervous system, especially when our nervous systems oftentimes are overstimulated very often, this can give us a really solid, slow, easy moving way into transitioning into bedtime. Creating a comfortable sleep environment looks like a cool, dark, quiet place. Making sure your bed is comfortable, you have soft pillows and sheets, things that you want to enjoy, things that you look forward to. And this also supports thoughts that support you looking forward to bedtime. I often have a thought that keeps me up, such as I have too much energy, I'm wide awake, and my big one is I don't want to go to bed. So recently, one of my big thoughts, I've been really stimulated and I've been having all these great ideas late at night and I haven't been wanting to go to bed because I want to be productive and I don't want these good thoughts to go to waste. Can you hear all these thoughts? Of course I'm not going to go to sleep when I'm thinking I don't want these good thoughts to go to waste. I don't want to waste this creativity. I don't want to go to bed, right? Of course I'm going to have insomnia and of course I'm not going to have a good routine. So take a look at the thoughts that you're thinking and ask yourself, is this supporting me in my ultimate goal? I can create this new system where I wake up a little bit earlier, I get my workout in, and I know that I'm even better at producing at those hours, and I feel good. 
So take a look at your routines. Are they serving you? Is this your best? If it is, then you're doing awesome, right? Just learn how to support yourself. Learn how to go to bed. Learn how to get the right amount of sleep. Another thing is limiting caffeine, food, and sugar intake. The sugar intake is a tricky one because our brain really loves dopamine and a really quick, easy way to get dopamine, especially at night when we've often used up our dopamine, is through sugar. So you're going to notice that you have an increase in sugar once, especially when you're tired. So if you're already trying to break this insomnia and fatigue cycle, you are probably going to have higher sugar cravings, but it's even more important for you to not eat sugar two to three hours before bedtime because it's going to increase our energy. It's also a huge thing for restless legs. I have also seen a huge increase in restless legs if I have a little bit of chocolate before bed. And also chocolate has hidden caffeine in it. So just know that. So chocolate before bed, no bueno. (laughs) Caffeine, we want to stop at least six hours before bedtime. Remember, if you're going to go to bed at 10 p.m., 4 p.m. is six hours before bedtime. So making sure that we really have that well-defined and eating two to three hours before bed will help our body digest and we'll be able to ease into a nice deep sleep pattern and it won't disrupt our sleep. We want to avoid stimulating activities one hour before bedtime. This is a big and tricky one, especially for me and so many of my clients. So this looks like the phone, scrolling on your phone. This is a way that a lot of us have gotten used to our bedtime routine is checking our Instagram, mindlessly scrolling through Facebook and TikTok and all of these things. It is very stimulating to our brain and we know that that blue light is stimulating our brain and our brain thinks that it's daytime. This is messing with our circadian rhythm. You know all these things. But I just want to remind you because it was a big reminder for me that one hour before bedtime, set an alarm and remind yourself, hey, it's time to no tech. I'm going to read a book in the bath or I'm going to read a book and lay on the couch and in a giant fuzzy sweater or whatever it is. So stimulating activities are video games, TV, computer, phone, right? Another thing that's super helpful is exercising regularly. This is going to help you fall asleep faster because you're going to be more tired. It's going to help you sleep deeper. And it's really important that you finish exercise at least one hour before bedtime. But for me, I found that I can't even sleep at least three to five hours before. I can't work out three to five hours before bedtime. It just gets me super riled up. So I'm definitely a morning workout girl. You just have to figure out what supports you, how fast your body's able to fall back asleep, and just fine-tune it as you learn and grow. Not a single person is going to have the exact same experience. So take these words and finesse them for what works for you. Managing stress. Here we go again. Deep breathing is the first place to go. Reminding ourselves to breathe, and especially with our executive function, we have this inability to remember to pause. So deep breathing is our reminder to pause. 
and gratitude for the day. This is a reminder to pause with intention and positivity. Our brain is hardwired for survival and in that survival, it's hardwired for negativity. So when we hardwire and remind ourselves over and over and we create this routine of gratitude at the end of our day, it'll remind us that we have other options and it will remind us of all the great things that we did. When we look and seek for something, we will find it. So when we go and we look and we seek for things that we're grateful for, we will find it. If we are on a negative tirade and we are looking and seeking for the things that we forgot to do that day, which is also a really common thought at the end of your day, you are going to find it and your brain is going to continue to spiral out of control and it's going to be exhausting and you're never going to fall asleep. So starting your bedtime routine, maybe with some gratitude and then maybe you can go into some meditation with some deep breathing Some box breathing is something else that's been commonly recommended to me. Box breathing looks like four seconds inhale, four seconds holding your breath, four seconds exhaling, and four seconds holding your exhale. And you can do that until you fall asleep. You can do that and count to 100. You can count back down from 100. You can do all sorts of things. And ultimately, when you do that, when you're breathing and understanding that you and you have good intentional thoughts that support your ability to fall asleep, you're not thinking this is a waste of time. I should just get up. I should be productive right now. You are going to be able to slowly work yourself into a sleeping pattern. And I want to remind you that I'm telling you these things, and I know this because it's something that has worked well for me. However, I am doing this podcast because I am re-remembering all these things that work well for me. And I think that's one of the big things about having ADHD is having compassion for the re-remembering, having compassion for not needing the answers all the time, having compassion for failure, and knowing that everyone forgets it's not just ADHD. And the only reason that I care is because I have this huge drive for learning, for getting better every single day. If I didn't care about being a healthy human that got better every day, I would probably be completely content with not having focus, having a hard time remembering things. If I didn't care about being a good human, I wouldn't care about my moodiness, right? So just remember, the only reason that this is a problem is because you think it's a problem. And the only reason that, and truly ADHD isn't a problem, ADHD is a gift. If you love this podcast, we would love your review or share with a friend. If you are ready to jump in, create change, and make money with your ADHD brain this year, let's jump on a complimentary coaching call. Go to ADHDboss.fun or you can go to ellen.argo on Instagram. There's a link in my bio to book your complimentary one-on-one coaching session. I can't wait to see you soon. Bye, friends.